0: Chapter Fourteen of The Boy Scouts in the Rockies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit org Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Boy Scouts in the Rockies by Herbert Carter. Chapter Fourteen, The Sheep Hunters. Davy Jones had made all his arrangements. He had only to press the button when the slight click told him that his picture was an accomplished fact, and if the hunters did as well, the expedition might be set down as a glorious success. Davy had carried a shotgun fastened to his back with a strap while he worked his little camera. Now he reached out for the gun, although, realizing the folly of trying to do any execution, at that distance with the buckshot cartridge. Now, said the guide suddenly. It would seem as though he spoke aloud purposely. Knowing what effect was apt to be, every feeding bighorn sheep raised its head instantly, and for the space of several seconds stood there as though carved out of stone. A better chance for a shot could not be imagined. Bang! Whang! That was Smithy firing first, and the second report told them that Steffen's little 30 was on the job instantly. One bighorn sheep fell over the rock, and kicked several times, might have fallen over the ledge, only that somehow the body seemed to become fastened in a crotch, and there it lay in a tantalizing position, for only by a most difficult climb downward could it be reached at all. Oh, I hit mine, and he's fallen down there, cried Smithy, in a voice that just thrilled with wild exultation. And he hardly had said this, then he added, in a deeply crushed tone, Oh, wasn't that too cruel of him now, to just bound off on his horns like they were skis, and get on his feet again? There he goes now, and I see him limp. Will you, fellows? I hit him. Yes, I surely did. Well he's gone and that's the last you're gonna likely see of him. More's the pity, said Stefan. But look at my game, would you? Stuck there in among the rocks, Toby. We must manage to get him, some way or other. Tell me how it can be done, won't you? The guide scratched his head, as if himself a bit puzzled. Only way I can see, boys, he observed, and that means a lot more climbing for us. You mean we'll just have to work around and get up there above the place where my bighorn lies, as dead as a doornail? Is that it, Toby? questioned Steffens. Perhaps unconsciously placing great emphasis on the pronoun, nor could he be blamed for feeling proud of half that. The guide had told them concerning the difficulties encountered by the hunters of Rocky Mountain sheep were true. Just what I had in mind," replied Toby. "Then let's make a start," urged Stephen. "My stars! I wouldn't like to lose that splendid fellow for anything. Just think of having that pair of horns to put in our club room at home, Davy. I hope you got a good picture too, because we can have it enlarged, taken, and hang it under my horns. I don't see any growing out of your head yet." Stephen chuckled Davy, as he and the third scout fell in behind the others and started forth. One thing made it a little easier now. They did not have to be so particular about moving softly, since their aim had been accomplished and they had shot their boat. But the way was rough enough at the best. Smithy had a hard time of it. He was forever bruising his hands, for they were not so tough in the palms as those of the other boys, who had been accustomed to work and hard play. Besides, he often took a little slide and, in this fashion, tore his trousers, as well as made quite a gash in his leg. But the other boys rather fancied that Smithy, unable to wholly overcome his former love for fine clothes, grieved more on account of that big wrench in his khaki trousers than he did for the bleeding leg, though it must have pained him considerably. Still, he did not murmur. Smithy was showing much more grit than either of the others had ever dreamed he possessed. Like Bumpus, it only seemed to need a fitting opportunity to come to the surface, as in this case with many backward boys. As they turned an angle on the rock, Stefan gave a shout. "'What's this? What's this?' he called. "'Oh, please don't shoot,' shrilled Smithy, wonderfully excited again. "'Must be the sheep I struck with my bullet. See how the poor thing drags that leg after him? Let me have the pleasure of knocking him over and putting him out of his pain.' Get busy, then, or he'll give you the slip, after all. Quick, Smithy, or I'll be tempted to shoot him myself. Whoop! you did it that time, Smithy. Good boys. And Stefan fairly danced in his excitement. Smithy had made good. How he did it, he never could tell. But somehow, when he just pointed his gun in a general direction toward the escaping big horn and pulled the trigger, why, the already badly wounded animal fell over gave a couple of last kicks, and then lay still. But strange to say, Smithy was less given to excitement over his exploit than either of the other boys, as they all bent over the big horn to admire his sturdy frame and the head ornaments that distinguished him among all his kind. Smithy was sent to stroke the hairy back of the dead sheep and clenched his teeth hard together, as though after all he felt sorry that a sudden whim had caused him to actually take a life that nothing could restore it. Evidently, it would be some time before Smithy could so far overcome his former gentle traits of character to feel the hunter's fierce lust for his quarry. But this ain't getting my big horn, you know, remarked Stephen, as though the feel of those massive curved horn pieces had thrown him into a new fever of impatience to secure his own trophies, for it would be a shame if the only greenhorn of the party should be the only one to exhibit positive evidence of their having shot game. Come along then we'll soon get around to wars that you might climb down if so be you're cheerful not to slip said the guide once more oh do we abandon my big horn then cried smithy as though half tempted to refuse to leave the spot on what might prove to be a wild goose chase to him it seemed like leaving the substance to try and catch the shadow we can come back this way and take care of it then said toby with this assurance smithy had to rest content after some further scrambling along the face of the steep slope digging their toes into the shell that often crumbled under them when they might risk a serious ride down the side of the mountain only for the fact that they had managed to cling fast with their hands they reached a point where it was extra rocky and a pretty sheer descent down there are your sheep lies the guide said pointing as he spoke stefan immediately laid his gun aside and crawling to the edge he looked over I don't see hair or hide of it, though, Toby, he complained. No more you can, returned the other, with a decision marked in both voice and manner. But all the same it's down there, not more a hundred feet at most. I got my bearings fine. Look off yonder, and you see where we lay when you did the shooting at the big horns. He's right, says Davy Jones, after looking to where the guide was pointing so confidently. I know that rock among a thousand. I'll never forget it either. And yes, your sheep must be lying below us right now. I think the same fellows," asserted Smithy, who was beginning to feel that he ought to give his opinion of things after this, see, he was now an actual bona fide hunter, and had even secured one of the most wary of all wild animals in the whole West. Why don't we see it then, demanded Stephan, always very stubborn and needing to be shown. You see, the guide explained, the face of the mountain backs in some in a general way. That tells a story, and the only thing that bothers me is if I had to let you try and get down there so as to shove the sheet off and land it at the bottom or make the riffle myself. Oh, I wouldn't think of letting you try, declared Stephen quickly. I'm young and spry and used to climbing up cliffs such as stunts. Besides, he added to the clincher, it's my bighorn, you know. Had either of the boys backed him up, the chance of were that Toby Smathers might have refused to give his permission for he knew that there would naturally be considerable risk involved in such an undertaking. But then both Davy and his comrade Smithy saw nothing so very unusual in the proceeding. The one, because he was not accustomed to judging such things, and Davy, on account of being such a clever gymnast himself, always doing dangerous tricks, such as hanging from a high limb of a tree by his toes, coming down the outside of a tree by using the branches as a descending ladder, and all such a crazy antics, as Giraffe called them. Here, somebody hold my gun," said Stefan, with an air of resolution. You're going to be some careful, I take it, questioned the guy dubiously. Of course. What do you take me for, Toby? Think I want to go on my own funeral in a hurry? Not much. Oh, I can be careful, all right. Don't you worry about me. And I want that big horn worse than ever. I do. Here goes, then." He started down the face of the almost perpendicular precipice where there were plenty of places where he could get a good foothold, and secure a grip with his ready hands. The only danger, it seemed to be, as the guide had warned him, in having some apparently secure rock suddenly give way under his weight. He must watch out for that constantly, and never take a fresh step unless he was sure he could maintain his hold upon the last known knob of a rock. "'Call it out if we can help any, Stephen was what Davy said, as they saw the last of their companion's head, just about to vanish, where the first inward dip to the precipice occurred. Try well, and just you remember our signal code, Davy. I may have to use it if I get caught tight in a crack and can't break away, Nohow. how. Goodbye, be good to yourselves now, and don't go believing there's any chance of me losing my grip. Then he vanished from their sight. A dreadful clatter of falling stones gave the two scouts, still above, a case of the trembles. Immediately afterwards, and Davy called at the top of his voice, "I say, Stephen! All right!" Welled up from somewhere below them. Did that on purpose to test the stepping place? Catch a weasel asleep before you get me to stand on a loose place? Why, it's as easy as falling off a log. This is. End of chapter fourteen. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan.